are listening to Pep Fluff with Katie Mara, a lifestyle podcast that features various topics, current events, tips and advice, and the occasional guest that not only benefits you, but also your pet. So come and join me and take a listen as I am your host, Katie Mara. What's going on, everyone? I'm Katie Mara, and this is Pet Love, episode 15. Who am I, you ask? Well, I'm a pet sitter by day and podcaster by night. My husband, Herbert, and I own a pet care company in Northern Virginia and have been professional sitters for over 10 years. I've seen it all with pets, young to old, disabled, sick, and even behavioral issues, including anxiety and aggression. I wanted to create a platform for pet lovers and owners to accrue information about all things pets. And since Halloween is only a few days away, I thought we could get into the spooky spirit and talk about mythical stories about pets. I will also answer the question, what is a better fish tank, fresh water or salt water? And for feature pet of the episode... We are actually featuring one dog and one cat, so we do a double feature this episode. So let's get into our first segment, Here's a Scooper. Here's a Scooper, where a captivating current event can spark a conversation or a feel-good story that makes your heart smile. And best of all, it's all about the animals. So I came across this ad on Instagram, which I thought was quite interesting. The company is called Cuddle Clones, and they are a company that will take a photo of your pet and then recreate it into a stuffed animal. They are handmade to just look like your pet. They look like they're an up-and-coming company because it says that they have 50,000 satisfied cuddle clone owners, 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. And they make all animals from dogs to cats to rabbits and horses. And it takes about eight weeks for the pet to be made. It's a really simple three-step process to get your dog or cat to be a stuffed animal. And it's not taxidermy, let me just say that. It's actually an actual stuffed animal that resembles a lot like your pet, especially from the photo. So you step one, you upload the photo of your pet. Step two, you tell them your pet's unique characteristics. And step three, choose your cuddle clone's position. They have some pictures. The pets look exactly like I'm looking at the pictures. They look exactly like their pet, so it's kind of freaky. If you have a deceased animal and you are missing them, it may be a good option. Now, pricing is not cheap. It's about $250 for a plush cuddle clone, but they do a really good job. And then you can also get rush delivery. So if you wanted, you can add on, you know, six weeks, four weeks, or two weeks rush delivery. And the good thing about it is, if you don't have the money up front, which this is a good look for Christmas. They work with a firm, so you can actually do a payment plan. I just thought it was really interesting to bring up. I saw it on an Instagram and, you know, they have really good reviews and I'm looking at the photos. I mean, they look exactly like a clone. So for those who are interested, I will attach the link in the bio. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. (laughs) 
Uh, especially if you are, and I'm laughing not for people who are mourning their pet because we've already talked about that in our previous episodes, but I, it's just kind of freaky how much they resemble a cat so or a dog. Yeah, so now we're going to go on to our next subject. All the plot. <laughs> All the fluff, where discussions happen and information is absorbed to help aid you and your pet. Many civilizations over the years have always had pets in their lives. From ancient Egypt to early America, stories, superstitions, and folklore have been prevalent in human history. I'm going to share several stories and folklores about cats and dogs that have been passed down to the next generation. The first superstition or story that I came across is in England. For centuries, they believed that a cat is liable to climb into an infant's crib and suck the child's breath until it suffocates and dies. In some versions of the tale, the cat is jealous because the newborn infant has suddenly deprived them from attention of their owners. Other versions say it's not jealousy, but the scent of milk on the baby's lips that inspires them. That's ridiculous, actually. In 1791, a jury at a coroner's inquest in Plymouth, England, found a cat guilty of infanticide. I didn't even know that was a word. This has been a persistent myth that has followed immigrants to the new world. Huh, that's very interesting. (laughs) These stories are kind of ridiculous. It's kind of entertaining though. The next story is also about a cat and it is described as cats are scorned women in disguise who like to feast upon newborn babies. This story originated from the Bible in the book of Isaiah, referring to Adam's ex-wife Lilith was referred in the Bible as an older demonic figure from the Hebrew folklore who likes to eat babies. But did you know that she could also turn into a cat? According to some Sephardic Jews, Lilith Lilith was also known as El Brusha, a demon who eats babies and takes a giant black polymorphous cat-shaped form. She likes newborns best and stalks them in the night, draining them of every drop of blood vampire style. She sometimes shows up in the folklore as a screech owl as well. In the Japanese culture, they believe that cats are lucky, but there are a lot of qualifiers. The Manki Niko, or the Beckoning Cat, is an iconic Japanese talesman that is believed to bring good fortune to its owner, usually in the form of cash. The legend explains that a Japanese cat once waved a paw to beckon a lord into the house, which saved them from being struck by lightning. And also a cat who waves its paw is considered a lucky gesture. Tortoiseshell cats are also considered lucky in Japan, especially the rare male ones. A Buddhist belief says that a cat with dark coat brings promises of gold, while a light-colored cat brings in silver. I have a dark female cat, so I hope she's bringing me some gold, you know? Soon, I hope, with this 2020 culture. Several dog folklore that I've found is a howling dog brings death. Now, this is one of the most common dog superstitions, and it can be found in multiple cultures. In Greek mythology, the howling of a dog 
was thought to signal that the wind god had summoned death to a nearby home. In Norse mythology, dogs howl at the approach of, I'm going to butcher this name, Freja, the god of death. Why? Because her chariot is pulled by two giant cats. Think about it. And in Welsh lore, a king of Anwin would patrol the land, riding supernatural hounds only other dogs can see. The howling was their way of acknowledging the presence of these spooky beasts that they race by. The second dog <laughs> folklore, I'm sorry, I'm laughing, is originated in France, which is stepping in dog poop with your left foot is good luck, but stepping in it with your right foot would be bad luck. So everyone, maybe make sure that you don't always have to pick up your poop as long as you step in it with your left foot. But remember, don't do it with your right. And another fable is that seeing three dogs that are white together signals good luck. An old English myth contends that seeing three white dogs standing together is a sign of good fortune, particularly financial luck. An alternative version states that the same good luck will come to you if you spot a Dalmatian on the way to a business meeting. This may have came about because dogs were rare and they were hard to find in the streets, and it was just unique to see them wandering the streets in England. So that's kind of interesting. The last story that I came across with dogs is that dogs can see ghosts. If you've lived with a dog, you've probably had this hair-raising experience it's pitch black outside, you're home alone, and in the eerie silence, your dog starts to stare at a wall or a door with no window and starts to growl. Are they seeing something supernatural? Now, dogs perceive the world differently than we do, but it's hardly proof of the supernatural. From dog whistles that pick up at high frequencies, we cannot register the sense of smell of 10,000 times more sensitive of our own. And dogs enjoy a heightened experience of their environment beyond our capabilities. In this world, many people report dogs appearing agitated in the moments before earthquakes or other natural disasters. It is theorized that dogs can pick up on sensitive vibrations that we as people miss. People have taken advantage of these sensitivities to train dogs in everything from seizure alerts to cancer detection, proving that in almost every sense, dogs out-perceive the world compared to you and me. So what is your dog growling at at the end of the night? Let's tell ourselves something comforting so we can fall fast asleep at night. I always found folklores and superstitions quite interesting and entertaining of how they originated and came to be. I think a lot of these always originated from fear of not understanding pets properly. A lot of times humans that don't have pets tend to rationalize their behavior as a human behavior rather than what a dog or a cat would do. We have to understand our pets better, but I think we're in a place now where we understand our pets much better than, you know, earlier times and that we can still appreciate these superstitions and folklores for years to come. I think they're hilarious actually. So now we are going to go on to our next segment, Q&A time. Q&A time. Solve all your animal problems here. No matter how pressing or silly your question is, don't worry, I got you covered. Now, it's time to get into the nitty gritty. 
Jesse from Orlando, Florida writes, I want to have a fish tank in my home, but I am unsure of what kind of tank would be best, salt water or fresh water. Well, there's a few things that you would have to consider when wanting to have a saltwater aquarium versus a freshwater aquarium. Both types of aquariums have their rewards and challenges, and both are incredibly stunning showpieces for your room. There are, however, a number of aspects that differentiate the two. When it comes to choosing which ecosystem you want, it's not about aesthetics. Cost and maintenance are the two major factors you need to consider. Freshwater tropical aquariums are a great place to start in your fish keeping hobby. Colorful and natural, they provide an impressive visual while requiring less demanding maintenance and lower operating costs. However, if you are able to go for a heavily planted freshwater aquarium, for example, additional special lighting and fertilizers with carbon dioxide would be required in the costs that can really add up fast. The livestock in freshwater aquariums are from inhabitants from rivers, lakes, and streams. They aren't always as vibrantly colored as saltwater aquarium creatures, but they can definitely come in an array of amazing patterns and uniquely fascinating shapes. The combination of earthy colors and sleek lines of freshwater fish can look particularly striking in luxurious interior. And if there were any problems to occur in the maintenance of an aquarium environment, freshwater creatures are more forgiving and less fragile than saltwater. They can also have more of an attitude and become aggressive if that's your thing, particularly if you were to choose the meat-eating fish like a piranha. Variations and combinations of rocks and woods and plants can also be sculpted to suit your preferences. As you are probably aware, a saltwater aquarium, particularly a reef aquarium, is a wonderful recreation of the ocean. With that comes the vibrant, colorful, delicate creatures with fascinating corals, reefs, and live rocks. Saltwater aquariums, in particular, can be more expensive and they have a bit more precarious times to maintain than their freshwater counterparts. They generally require additional equipment, additional work during the water changes, and also require special lighting. Size and materials obviously make the difference when it comes to price, maintenance, and sustainability as well. Aquarium architecture saltwater aquariums have a minimum size of 300 liters, whereas a freshwater aquarium can be a minimum of 50 liters. Of course, the sky's the limit, so you can go as big as you want. And if you prefer to go with acrylic over glass, you will have a greater flexibility in the choice of shapes for your aquarium and acrylic will generally be more expensive. Whether it's beautiful, a tropical aquarium bursting with color and vibrancy that you're after, or intriguing sleek work of art filled with unusual, unique, fascinating creatures and a world of variety of gorgeous freshwater fauna, no matter what you choose, you will always have an exceptional showpiece that everyone will love. For freshwater aquariums, you would want a tap water system, a two to four week maintenance program, natural aesthetic, durable and colorful fish, and cost-effective visual impact. For a saltwater aquarium, you would want a specialist salt and RO water production, a one to two week maintenance schedule, live coral reef wow factor, colorful and exciting fish and corals, and impressive visual impact. At the end of the day, it depends on how much maintenance and how much cost you're willing to put up for the freshwater versus the 
salt water. So at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you prefer, but it does matter depending on your likes and dislikes and the time that you're going to spend maintaining your aquarium and how much you want to put into the aquarium. And that will decide whether you would like a freshwater aesthetic or a saltwater aesthetic. In reality, it doesn't really matter. I think both of them have beautiful landscapes. I've seen both, and I think they're really cool no matter what you look at. So it's really your preference, time, and money. So I hope, Jesse for Orlando, this helps with your question in regards to picking out the right fish tank. And if you have a question for me, you can email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com. Well, it's time for my favorite segment, which is the feature pet of the episode. This is where I showcase a local DMV pet that is in need of a forever home. So let me help you find your forever pet. Today's double pet feature is sponsored by Homeward Trails. They are an animal rescue in Virginia, and they are a nonprofit organization dedicated to the rescue and rehoming of adoptable dogs and cats. Founded in 2001, Homeward Trails has rescued more than 24,000 dogs and cats. It is the 10th largest shelter in Virginia and pulls from rural shelters throughout the state as well as surrounding states. They also run a program in Puerto Rico bringing adoptable dogs and puppies home to the mainland for adoption. To date, more than 600 Puerto Rican dogs have found homes in the DMV. With coronavirus, they are still taking online reservations, so you'd want to check out homewardtrails.org for all of that information to set up your appointment to see all the cats and dogs that they have available, and of course, practice social distancing and wear your mask at all times. Today's double feature is a cat and a dog named Pickles the Hound and Scrappy, a senior cat. With Pickles... She is a sweet, loving two-and-a-half-year-old hound who is looking for a forever home. She is shy with strangers, but quickly warms up. She gets along well with dogs and requires a quiet, low-traffic home, preferably with adults only. Pickles is a part of the GoFetch program, which means that her adoption fee is waived and she comes home with bonus items to ease her transition into her new home. Scrappy is a senior cat approximately 12 years old. He has sadly lost his home due to a divorce. He is very sweet and takes medication for his heart and thyroid. His condition is easily managed and he can take his meds like a champ. And both of their bios will be on our Linktree account as well as both of them come with a really cool video so you get to see them live in action. So if you're looking for a dog or a cat, visit our link tree on our Instagram page at CRC Pet Service. And both of these pets look super awesome. They are a little bit more mature. They're out of their puppy and kitten phase. So if you're looking for a mature pet, these two may be suited best for your home.
guys for spending another episode with me. I appreciate all the times that you come and listen to my podcast. And you're the reason why I continuously make episode after episode after several times I've been contemplating if it's worth it. But, you know, it is. So I keep going. So thank you all. Are you in the Northern Virginia area looking for pet sitting services in Arlington, Falls Church, Tyson's, or McLean? CRC Pet Service is the perfect business for your pet sitting needs. We provide boarding, overnight care, dog walking, cat sitting, and even baths for your pets. Check out www.crcpetservice.com for pricing and general information. And we look forward to having you join our CRC Pet family. I would love to hear from all of my readers. You can write me anytime for any questions, suggestions, or just want to say hi. Email me at petfluffpodcast at gmail.com for all of your inquiries, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. Maybe you'll even be featured in one of my future episodes. So check it out. Episode 16 is coming soon. So we are officially in fall. So it's a good idea to know about autumn pet diseases and what circles around this time of year. Plus, I have a question from one of my listeners that wants a pet ferret. And they want to know where they begin before getting the pet ferret. Episode 16 will premiere November 11th, 2020. In case you have forgotten today, you matter, you are loved, you are worthy, and you are magical. There's no second chances. Second chance.